Top stories brought to you by Piggly Wiggly, Mealy's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. They have your deli lunch specials. They've got cobblers, meats, vegetables, and so much more. Notice I always say cobblers first because life is short. Life is short. Eat dessert first. There you go. Uh, they've got fresh hand cut meats as well as great produce. Make sure to go by Neely's Mill Shopping Center if you're in Columbia and check out our friends at Piggly Wiggly. Piggly Wiggly. The big pig. I was so the the wedding I DJed on this past Saturday. They never in a decade plus of DJing weddings had I ever heard of a photo bomb. But in the last month, all but one wedding that I have done has had a photo bomb, which is essentially groups of people quickly, like you play a song, you got to get it done within a song. You have like maybe six or seven groups of people that have to get on the floor, take a picture, get off the floor kind of thing. One of the groups was, if you've ever been to the Piggly Wiggly. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I was like, why is this not just everybody? I mean, just, I mean, that that seems to be who, who has not been I, the the bride's family was from Birmingham area, which was really cool because the wedding was here. Mm -hmm. And the groom's family is from Georgia. And I'm like, so you telling me y'all ain't been to people all them? ain't been there. Cause come, come on, on now. Come on now. <laughs> I'm just saying you, you, this should just be a group photo. <laughs> Y'all trying to be bougie. That's cool. I get it. I get it. You've got reputations to uphold, you think. But you know what? <laughs> We're not worried about the reputations no. because that, 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 that cobbler is mm. delicious. Mm. Yep. Uh, yep. I went to Piggly Wiggly yesterday, as a matter of fact, and picked up a sirloin tip um, roast for beef and noodles, and it was divine. Did they have pecan? I didn't, didn't stop. It was early in the morning. I had just, so they didn't have any cobblers oh, made oh, yet. That's unfortunate. Because the deli doesn't open until what, 11. 11? <laughs> so gotcha. I, uh, I did not get a chance to go by the deli. But yeah, the sirloin tip roast was perfection in some beef and noodles. So, top story, Mo. I've put off as long as I can trying mm. to talk about these legal matters. Mm. The NCAA is facing two, well, the NCAA is facing one legal matter. College football playoff is facing an investigation that could potentially turn into a legal matter. But we'll start with the Florida Attorney General announcing mm, mm, mm. yesterday an investigation into antitrust issues with the college football playoff because obviously Florida State was left out of said playoff. Um, this seems like along with the $1 million budget line item request, it just seems like a lot of pandering. That being said, I don't know that they're necessarily wrong in that there's an antitrust possibility here. But I'm curious what this investigation comes up with because antitrust essentially means there's no alternative. And I don't, I think there is an alternative to the college football playoff. Now, it's not going to yield the money the college football playoff yields, but there's an alternative. You can go play D2 
or FCS. Or, if you want to play for a championship. One, or one double A. I mean, yeah. if if you want to play for a championship and you don't want to do it at the college football playoff level, there are options. So I don't know if antitrust really works here in this sense. But I think though that you were right. Well, I know that you were right. Just a lot of pandering. pandering. Yeah, yeah. And it just feels like there are so many other things that are that would warrant the Florida Attorney General's concern. <laughs> yeah. And his manpower. Ashley Moody, Florida graduate. I thought women were supposed to be more logical. Since when? (laughs) Listen to them. Not the ones I know. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I just, I feel like this is a little silly. But I do understand. Okay, I will say this. I do think that you could claim damages. I mean, the the money is astronomical. Well, you could claim damages, and so could everybody else that gets left out of the playoffs. There's that. I mean, the college football playoff committee. There is no clear path to the college football playoff. They have a set criteria. criteria. But it is not a, it is not a definitive criteria. Yeah, it's it's, it's not no a criteria. It's not a criteria that yields four teams and eliminates everybody. Yeah, I mean, that it, there's there's too much objectivity involved for this to be a antitrust case. I would think. I think so. Too. So I I don't I don't expect it's going anywhere. But it's going to look good for some folks. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's an election year, right? <laughs> it's always an election year, it feels like. You're always running for something. Always. Yeah. So there's that. But the NCAA took a big blow today. For the next two weeks. Yes. At least that. And this kind of goes back to the Tez Walker situation, though I think Tez Walker's situation was a little bit cleaner than yeah. some others. I think this is going to be very basketball specific right now. Oh, it's very and, basketball and specific. I don't know how I don't know how many student athletes will be affected, but my concern and and you need to explain what took place yeah let's let's we get too so, deep into it a west virginia judge granted a 14-day stay against the ncaa that does uh, basically saying that anyone who is who has transferred and is awaiting a waiver from the ncaa on that transfer or has been denied a waiver from the NCAA and is currently sitting out and is not a transfer, a transfer year, yeah, is allowed to play over the next 14 days until the next hearing. That ruling, that rule is null and void. Now, what happens when, after further review, 
if you were sitting out, you have to continue sitting out or you have to resume sitting out. Now, if you played, is your team going to get penalized for playing an ineligible player? That is that is the rub. If I am a team, I tread very lightly on this one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This this could be the biggest bombshell to the NCAA or within the NCAA of the year. Because what this would essentially do is allow kids to transfer as many times as they want with Without, no, with no repercussions. No repercussions. Don't have to sit out. If you can find someone to give you a scholarship, you can go play. You can go play. Immediately. And we've had this conversation. I, I'm on the fence about that as a whole. And mainly because there's no, there's nothing stopping the recruitment of players with monetary gain. Yeah, I mean, in this world of NIL. it That's why I'm iffy against it. Otherwise, I would be okay. If, if it weren't, you know, Quinshawn Judkins, we go, I go back to what, was, what we heard at SEC Media Days, how people were contacting people around him offering him so much money mm-hmm. to come transfer to their school and play. If, if that's a possibility, you know, could you see, and I, please just, I'm just throwing this name out there because he's tied to NIL funds. N- Nico, mm-hmm. Nico Yamalieva, right? $8 million for four years. What if, South Carolina says, hey, we'll pay you 3.5 for one year. What do you think about that? And then he transfers to South Carolina. And then North Carolina comes along and says, hey, man, we got $5 million for you right here. Or, I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. getting $20 million potentially? Mm-hmm. Come on. That's the problem with this. That being said... Uh, I think kids should be able to play where they're going to play. And so there is a, again, I've always, I've, I've always said you should be able to transfer down no matter what. But in basketball, there's not there's a down. A, mm-hmm. And that I think is the issue. Down is D2. There is no FCS group of five, whatever. I mean, you've got mid-majors, but mid-majors make the NCAA tournament all the time. And yep. so that gives, that's where the, you know, the real issue is just everything except football has that issue. The transfer down issue doesn't work in anything except football. Right. So that's why I sit on the fence. I just think it's really a slippery slope. You know, anytime you start getting courts and legal issues involved in collegiate athletics. Because I think 
you're dealing with folks who, if they really understand the situation, don't necessarily have an investment in it. So I, I don't know. It, it's I think today was a potentially really bad move. And again, I, I think it's going to put a lot of programs at risk. So it'd be interesting to see how it goes. From Ross Dellinger, the NCAA announced in a statement it will comply with the court's ruling granting multi-year transfers immediate eligibility. Immediate eligibility mm -hmm. over a 14-day period ending December 27th. So to answer your question, no. They will not be penalized for playing an ineligible player because they are granting immediate eligibility per this statement. for okay. the next 14 days hmm. well there you go good for them man this is going to be wild you're you're going to see players play over the next two weeks that you might not see again. that you will potentially will not see again mm -hmm. and what does that do to net rankings what does that do to do you have to throw those out mm. completely i mean when you're looking well, I mean, at <laughs> To bring it all full circle, I mean, if you play a kid now who turns out he's not eligible, I mean, is it a Florida State Jordan Travis situation? I think it is. I mean, because he's you don't not have going that to kid. Play. Yeah, yeah, he's not going to play. So I can't, I can't, I can't judge, judge this you team mm -hmm. based on what you did in that fourteen-day period because you're not going to have that roster. Completely unhinged mm. is this situation <laughs> that's, a, that's a great word for it and it's absolutely accurate it is unhinged right now all right let's take a break mid-tennessee bone and joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. 
Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.com. Sports today presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao. No Patton is here as we are live from Huntsville, Alabama, and the Space and Rocket Center, Space Camp Operations Center, brand new facility. It is a beautiful facility, and today it is home to the Conference USA Men's and Women's Basketball Media Day. We are excited to be here. So glad to have you guys with us, and glad to have our next guest with us, Mo. Absolutely. Conference USA Commissioner Judy McLeod joining us here on Main Street Sports today. Commissioner, welcome. I, I, I don't feel comfortable welcoming you to Huntsville because it's not <laughs> like we're from here either. But, you know, um, I would imagine it's got to be pretty exciting anytime you can take an event someplace for the first time as Conference USA, no hyphen, is with this. <laughs> Yeah, we are thrilled to be here. The reception from uh, the people here, the community here has been tremendous. And uh, it's been a fun experience here at the Space and Rocket Center for our student athletes, especially. Um, always great to provide them with a new experience that they haven't had before. Um, but it's time for basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remind us because, you know, we're still dealing with hashtag weekday CUSA, but yeah, it is, it is time for basketball. And we're excited about weekday CUSA as well, but yeah, we're here to kick off basketball. Well, you know, and you mentioned being in a new place. This is very different because it's, well, it's on this side of the Mississippi. And, and so as I told people, as I, I'm a Jacksonville State grad. He's a middle grad. We're Conference USA people now, and and it's so cool to see you know Huntsville and the eastern side of the conference get get a little bit of the taste of what you know we, we've seen over the last several years out in Texas and Briscoe and their fantastic folks and great hosts. But you know it it is it is interesting and different to be here versus there. What what have what have kind of the the institutions had to say about today to this point? Yeah, everybody's been really excited. I think uh, one of the things I've already seen, I've I've already been to football games at Jacksonville State, at Middle Tennessee, and at WKU. And at every one of them, multiple people have said, we can't wait to get to the basketball tournament. And yeah, that's like music to my ears. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. And And we had been trying to find an Eastern site in the configuration of the previous Conference USA. Um, but when this came together is really a central location for us. And we're really excited that now schools from fans from other schools can drive. You know, when we add Kennesaw, there'll be another one that can drive. I think the Louisiana tech contingent drove up here today. It's a little longer, but 
Um, you know, so to have those fans have this accessibility in a city that's so welcoming, um, we, we think it's going to be a great event. It, you guys kind of had to think a little bit out of the box to come up with Huntsville, Alabama, as you look at how Conference USA is currently configured, because it's not obvious. Huntsville isn't obvious. I mean, Nashville, Atlanta, maybe Chattanooga, maybe, I don't know. But, you know, Huntsville doesn't jump out at you. You guys have to do a little digging, especially to come out of Frisco, to come out of the star, to come out of something that you guys were so familiar with. You know, how did you come up with Huntsville? <laughs> well, um, they were one of the cities that put in a bid. Um, Knight Edie is a group that is working with them to help stage the tournament, and we're very familiar with them. Um, but really, you know, from the first visit, it was kind of like, we might have something special here. This city puts on a ton of events. I don't know if people are really that aware of everything that they do, but um, some sports you've probably never even heard of, some obscure events too, but um, the entire city, mayor's office on down, are just so in line with each other. You don't always get that. Um, and so <laughs> you're chuckling over there a little bit, but um, for that kind of a group to host us and be, I mean, this city is really excited about this. It just feels really good because we want to be at a place where our kids feel special. Um, you could see it in when they participated, you know, last night in the events today. And um, that's, what, that's why we're here. And fans, I think, are going to find a lot to do in the city as well. I mean, some great golf and, and shopping and everything else that they might be looking for. So um, we had to educate ourselves because if somebody would have said to me, what's in Huntsville, Alabama? I mean, honestly, I, I probably would have gone, well, I'm not sure. You know, let me find out. They got but, rockets. Yeah, when you, when <laughs> you get here. Um, it's a really welcoming place, and, and we think it's going to be great for our event. It's nice to be someplace where you want it to. Absolutely. I and I don't know that that necessarily was or was not the case in Frisco, but clearly Huntsville has kind of rolled out the red carpet for you guys. They have. And, and Frisco was great for us. Um, that relationship's still strong, but but it was, it was time, probably overdue a little bit, to find a new spot um, and see if we can build something really special here. Well, there's excitement around something new there that you know you can get a little complacent with okay this is how this is what we do and this is how we've done it so why change and when you have something new you can kind of get a little excitement and and speaking of new conference usa is new this is a this is a new look league and because of that you have to you know, sometimes you get a little uh, a little bit excited about what's what can change and the change that we've seen with weekday CUSA football it's been phenomenal the member institutions that you guys have now how do you view and, and, and with the the grant of rights deal you guys just signed how do you feel like conference USA stands right now you know we feel great about our future and, and what we can build with this group uh, interesting because we've been meeting with this group you know, almost two years since we announced some things. And so finally, when we started competition this fall, it's like, okay, finally, let's go. Um, amazing how these people have gelled. Uh, the coaches groups specifically 
have been so, um, I don't know what the word is, but you want us to try something new? You want to do something? Is it going to help the league? Let's do it. And, and, you know, put all their individual things aside. Obviously, when they play each other, you know, every, everybody wants to win. But what's good for Conference USA and how we build this thing? And so the buy-in um, early on was tremendous. I mean, we, we couldn't do weekday CUSA football if the coaches were all like, yeah, we don't want to do that. What are, you know, what are you doing to us? But they realized the opportunity to not only give exposure to their programs, but the conference as a whole. And so um, these days, that's pretty important. It is. And, you know, I've, I've probably said excitement five times already, but it's reality. You know, it's like great when we see our members. It's um, the group's really excited to be together. And uh, I think this can turn into something really special. We have work to do and we're going to keep working really hard. Um, but but things are moving in the right direction. Judy McLeod, Commissioner of Conference USA, joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Judy, as you look at Conference USA and, you know, the reconfiguration, as Chris said, the new Conference USA, I guess, everybody in that group of five conference level, I guess, is looking for ways to try to increase their exposure and kind of get in front of as many people as possible um from a basketball standpoint how do you feel like conference usa goes about doing that yeah our you know and i'm sure you guys know well our previous media agreements it was hard to find our games like what what are they on now are they on facebook today are they on this you know and we heard that loud and clear from our fans and so our media agreements going forward with espn and cbs sports network a lot easier for people to find our games. You know, if they're not on linear television, one of those two, they'll be on ESPN Plus. That's it. You know, that's all, that's anywhere you have to look. And so I think, I don't think people realize how good of a basketball league this okay. is and can be. Um, you know, some of the teams coming in were at the top of their leagues um, in their previous lives. Um, but it's a really exciting time and super exciting time for, Middle Tennessee to have both teams picked to finish first. It's a lot of a lot of pressure, I guess, but a good pressure to have. Um, but I do think you know our basketball. I think we'll surprise people in basketball. And and to your point that you just made, not just men's basketball, oh. but your women's basketball is pretty good as well. Yeah, and you guys have seen it. I mean, yesterday Iowa. That was yesterday, wasn't it? I believe it was. Uh, you know, this midweek. There's so, one thing, the midweek football games, I've kind of messed up on what day it is day anymore. Is. But um, That makes sense. But just women's basketball has exploded from the Final Four last year, you know, through. Uh, it's just continuing to grow. And so we look at the quality of programs, some of these young ladies that we have playing. It, it's it's just an exciting time. Yeah, and See, that's, I said exciting one more time. Can, hey, can we do it 10 times? We should, should have a counter. Yeah, <laughs> put a counter. We need a counter. But no, that's, that's we what's, didn't know. <laughs> that's what really is, though, exciting is that every time you step into a Conference USA basketball arena, you're going to see quality basketball from both institutions. I mean, obviously, it's it's one thing to have have had the the success that Conference USA had last year with the exiting members. 
But that doesn't mean that Conference USA's current members can't replicate that success. Clearly, it can be done in Conference USA. So let's every time you get to get into an arena, you're going to see quality basketball from whether it's Jacksonville, Alabama, Bowling Green, Kentucky, or you know, New Mexico. <laughs> no question. So how was that part of or? You know, when you went into looking for new members, was that part of it? Like, how do they fit both geographically, which geographics in this world, but also, but also the quality of, of, of athletic programs? Yeah, we look at everything from institution, um, you know, academic profile of the institution. We look at competitive results across all sports. Um, we look at uh, demographics, geography market size. I mean, everything goes into those discussions and, and uh, our group has been really thorough and thoughtful in our expansion discussions um, and continue to do that. I mean, we still have a number of people calling that would like to join our group, um, but we're going to do it when we find people that fit and that are ready to go. So um, nothing imminent. I'm not saying no, that, well, I mean, but yeah. you're not we, we love breaking, breaking news. news. We, 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 we love breaking news. So, yeah, if you got something. <laughs> no, not today. Sorry. Um, but uh, all of those factors go in, you know, how well um, the community supports an institution, their social media following. I mean, we look at absolutely everything. And so um, I think that's helped us in this group gelling so quickly because they're there are geographic differences. There's some difference in university mission, but there's a lot of similarities too. We are super pumped about the tournament being here in Huntsville. Would you say you're excited? <laughs> I was trying to go. I was trying to find a. I actually had my thesaurus out looking for Another synonyms. Pull, pulled it up huh? to excitement, but no, we're super pumped because. It's it's a it's a place where we could get to for one, but basketball in Alabama has has seen its its upswing, its uptick, and so Huntsville, as you said, again, they are the host of today's basketball media day. They're the host of the tournament over at Probst Arena. You're going to be able to see quality basketball here in Huntsville, just in the middle of the uh, of the Conference USA footprint, and that is March 12th. Through the 16th, 16th, I believe. So, again, making making great strides to increase fan support here in the southeastern part of the Conference USA footprint. So, Judy, thank you again for taking time with us. We greatly appreciate it, and we look forward to more weekday CUSA <laughs> football and, of course, basketball season. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. 
Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.com. Welcome into our Wednesday edition of Main Street Sports Today. I'm Maurice Patton. Chris Yow is going to join us on the fly. Justin, are we in? Are we good? Yes, sir. Sorry about that. Okay. All right. Good. Like I said, Chris Yow is going to join us on the fly. He has some commitments besides the show that he's taking care of today. But um, big show this Wednesday. It's Wild and Wacky Wednesday. but And it's starting out that way because right off the top we are joined as we continue our college football previews and our southeastern conference team by team previews we are joined by vanderbilt third year coach, coach clark, clark lee. lee and, and um justin, justin can, can, is there is anything, anything we can do that, that, that hello hello um, clark, can, clark you can you hear me i got you loud and clear Man, man, I appreciate, I appreciate you taking some time with us this afternoon. We're going to try to, try to um, work some work of this some stuff out as best we can. can. And, um, right on, right on, right on. You did a, you did an interview on Sirius that kind of stole some of my thunder. You guys opened this weekend against Hawaii, and I wanted to get into that and just kind of ask you from a different framework from what you talked about there, but. Getting into game week this week, does that kind of add an edge to your preseason to to this week's practices from the standpoint that your guys are actually working toward an opponent this weekend? Yeah, you know, I think the guys are just excited. So, um, yeah, I sense the energy. I, you know, you worry sometimes 
as a coach, and I guess, you know, we kind of get it wrong because in training camp is so important to us, but you worry that there's a little bit of fall off there as you start scout teams and look teams and, and the likes. And you're also teaching high school players, you know, like guys that just entered the program, how to serve in those roles um, on offense and defensive special team scout look. Uh, but we haven't, we haven't missed a beat that way. I've been really pleased with how we kind of launched into game week. Um, guys are ready. I mean, they, they want to play. I think, you know, the name of the game in, in week zero in college football is how, how adept are you at adjusting and, and moving on the fly? Because, you know, we're going to learn a lot on the go about our opponent and a lot about us, but um, the energy levels there, the intentions there, and uh, this week has been really purposeful from a practice standpoint. You know, as you actually get ready for an opponent and, and being the only Southeastern conference team playing this weekend, the spotlight to some degree is on you guys this week. And I don't know how much you think about that, but how big a deal is that for you guys? You know, Mo, we, we don't, um, we don't think about it at all. I, 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 you know, I, I noticed that there's a lot of interest in the game because again, we're, we're being talked about and covered because it's week zero, but as far as our energy goes, we don't we don't put any on that. For us, it's just about starting the way that we want to start in our season, and you know that's important to us. And more than anything else, I just I want the guys to go out and play well. I want to see our identity on display. I want to see the toughness and the effort that we've you know that we've grown into over the course of eight months of preparation. You know, we get 12 climbs on our schedule, and we're we're fighting for for more. So this weekend becomes an important first climb where, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to be perfect, but, um, you know, I, I just hope we represent ourselves in the way that we built our identity through the course of winter, spring, summer and training camp. And, and then also, you know, I'm excited for our playmakers to get out there and, and have fun doing what they love to do. And that's competing and making the plays. And so, um, like I said, we'll, we'll, uh, the attention, the week zero element of it, uh, to, to us, it doesn't matter. You know, whenever they schedule the games and wherever they schedule the games, we'll show up ready to play. <laughs> you talk about those 12 climbs, Clark, um, and you talked about your playmakers. Obviously, one of those playmakers for you is your quarterback, A.J. Swan. And, and with college football having become what it's become, it's quarterback-driven sport, clearly. You've got your QB1 with A.J., I don't want to ask you if you're surprised, but what does it mean to this program to have a proven number two guy at that position when so many guys are so quick to go someplace else and find someplace they can play? How, How big, big is it to still have Ken? Um, I just lost his name, Coach. I'm sorry. Um, Ken, in your, in in your, your quarterback, quarterback room. room. Seals. Yeah. Yes, yes, thank you. Yeah, no worries. No, I um, listen, I, I've said this many times and I'll take the opportunity to say it again. I've got just so much respect for Ken. And, you know, we, we believe that humans are motivated only by a few things. And and one of which is is actually human human to human connection, the, the connection, of the spirit, the the belief in one another. And um and then Ken, what, what he's experienced here with our staff and with the, the way this program's growing, um, you know, he, he wants to be a part of it and he's enjoyed being a part of it. And he is an insane competitor. He's very prideful. He obviously wants to be 
counted upon and depend upon in big moments. I mean, he wants to be out there, but yet he sees, um, again, how special what we've started here is. And, and he also sees his place and his belonging within it. And that's what's kept him here. Um, he keeps getting better. He, he, at some point this year is going to be out there for us. I just, you know, it's inevitable and, uh, we have the utmost confidence in him and certainly on a personal level, I'm just, I'm glad to have him in the program for another year because, um, again, I enjoy being around him and have a ton of respect for him as a competitor and as a person. Back to AJ from year one to year two, what have you seen over from him over this off season that makes you feel good about him as you head into Hawaii and this season? I'm muted here. Okay, there we go. Um, I think the, the biggest thing, you know, the, the typical sophomore slump, I think a lot of times that has to do with the, a sense of entitlement or a sense of um, comfort, you know, and, and what I've seen in AJ and obviously Joey Lynch is a part of this too, but you know, they're, they're never allowing there to be complacency. AJ's a competitor. He wants to be really good for this team. He wants to be really good um, in his role. And so he's kept pushing forward. Um, it's important that he, you know, stays humble and hungry and it's not, again, it's not going to be perfect. So he's got to stay focused and make sure that he's um, not worried about making the spectacular play, but making the routine play within the offense. Um, I really feel like his development has been mastery of the offensive system and, you know, his ability to, to make, adjustments at the line of scrimmage to put our offense in good positions and get us out of bad plays. And, um, and in so many ways, because of the evolution of our roster, you know, we feel like we've surrounded him with capable people. He's got a good offensive line. He's got skill around him that he can facilitate performance just by being really consistent in his role. And that's, that's what he needs to focus on doing the rest. The big plays will come. We know he can make those. Um, but uh, certainly we, we want him to go out there and, and execute in his role and, again, facilitate, make the other 10 players on the field better. Vanderbilt football coach Clark Lee joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Um, Clark, as you talk about the offense with A.J., obviously Will Shepard is a big part of whatever you guys are going to do on the other end. Yeah, uh, Will is obviously a – a proven commodity here. I mean, he's, he's had, um, he's, he's been making plays in this league for a couple of years now. One of the really cool things for me, this camp has been to witness him improve. You know, he, he had room for growth and he knew that coming back. Um, but as far as, you know, his ability to win the line uh, down the field, to uh, battle for contested catches, to draw pass interference calls by being physical. He's a great, um, big body, you know, um, you know, conversion machine, like third and five, fourth and three, you can bang a slant to him without any hesitation. But, you know, we want to see him also making big plays down the field because he's a, a big target. And I've seen a lot of advancement that way for him. And, um, you know, we'll be excited to get him out there and then surround him with some other guys. You know, I, I think one of the concerns you have when you have a standout receiver is that teams pretty quickly will know who they need to double. You know, we feel like we We've put some other guys on the field uh, this camp and this season that are going to create some problems for teams that just try to focus on Will. Besides Will, um, what else does that receiving core look like for you? Quincy Skinner's back. Um, Quincy, you know, flashed for us last year, had a couple of 
really big moments in the South Carolina game and then the big conversion on fourth and 11 in the Kentucky game. He's a uh, physical, um, tough, you know, uh, capable playmaker. Um, Gamarion Carter, another one, he, he um, took the hitch 80 yards against Missouri to put us within one possession there at the end of the game. We expect Gamarion to have a, um, a big fall. Um, obviously, Jaden McGowan, a true freshman last year that, um, that really had a nice year for us in the slot. He's back and, and has, has improved his skill set. And, you know, we, we know a little more about what he offers and are using him in, in a way that, uh, you know, really displays his versatility. And then we have two, two uh, true freshmen that will be out there for us and London Humphreys uh, and Junior Cheryl, both local products that have really been impressive since the summertime. And so we're excited to have them out there and um, you know, over the course of the season, it's going to be about how do we how do we put each of those guys in positions to be successful and help us again uh, facilitate a productive and explosive offense. But we know we have skill to do it. It's now about how we position them as coaches to to get the most out of them. Yeah, you, yeah, you talk London and and Junior coach, and and again, they'll both being local guys. London from CPA, Junior from Lipscomb. You being a local guy yourself. How big is that to be able to keep those guys at home? That's the ultimately the de design of the program is is that we you know we we show people here locally that they don't need to go anywhere else, and sometimes that's our hardest challenge mode because we're trying to overcome um, you know perception and what the history tells people about this program and. For us, you know, it's it's about creating the energy and 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 you know when we get a chance to host people and show them around is is demonstrating the plan and the process that's going to take us to one of the top teams in this league, and um, certainly that has to do with facility builds and all that kind of stuff. But more important to us is again, it comes down to the relationships, um, how you're going to be invested in the design of the program to be developmental. And over time, it's our focus internally on what we control here that will manifest an external validation. You know, that's not what we're after. But certainly, as our Middle Tennessee community really starts to take a look and, and appreciate what, what we're building here, we expect, you know, that we're going to travel a lot uh, closer to home when it comes to recruiting. There's a lot of talented players here uh, locally, and we're, we're excited that um, we've had a few already sign up here early in. As visionaries for what we're building, you know, we, we will be looking to add to that as we move forward. And, and hopefully over time, you're looking at a roster made up of, of um, Middle Tennessee kids. And that's a tough balance, I would think, because a lot of times kids just want to go away. When, when they've been in one place all their lives, they want to do something different. But at the same time, when you can show them guys that have stayed here, like yourself, like some of these other guys that have been successful, I would imagine that certainly helps in your battle. Well, our, you know, our ultimate sell is that, you know, you, you here you are in, in your hometown, you know, fighting for your hometown, um, you know, in, in, in the SEC, uh, playing against the best competition and, and winning. You know, that's that's an important part of it, too. Beyond that, you got a top 15 education. So right there, you're one of one in the country and um and you know if you come to a scrimmage and you and you hear juniors family or 
Um, you see London's family or, you know, the Patterson brothers who obviously roll thick when they come, you know, when it comes to scrimmage time, you know, I'll see parents out at practice. I mean, the fact that your family can be so involved in your experience is a special aspect of this. And certainly what, what, what's fun for me is when just, this is my experience here too. You create a world in and of itself here at Vanderbilt. It's not like you feel like you're in your hometown. This is a different place and you'll feel like you're, you know, apart from home. And then when you need home, it's right down the road. You know, it's a beautiful combination. Uh, but certainly to me, having family and parents and friends around for, um, for game day and for scrimmages and showing up at practices and showing support at team events, having your teammates over to your home and the, the nature of the connection that builds, that's a really special thing. And I, and I know the guys that are local that have stayed here see that and sense that. And, um, you know, again, that'll be, that'll be a powerful part of the spirit and energy of our program, you know, moving forward too. Yeah, defensively, Clark, that's where you've, you know, built your coaching career. Um, what do you like about this defense you've been able to put together this year at Vanderbilt? Well, we have to play better this year and we have the people to do it. You know, I, I see a, a, a group that has grown in the system. You know, you know, after the first year, we had a turnover at the coordinator position and that was challenging. I mean, I, one of the things early on that was important to me was retention of staff. And obviously, you know, I control a lot of things, but I don't control everything. And so, you know, we have to be resilient when, uh, when it comes to changing a personnel in the building, um, obviously now we're we're two years with pretty much the the staff in place, um, and defensively that that's a huge advantage. Um, there's no new language needed to be learned. People, there's depth of relationship that's been built through adversity. Uh, people know each other better, and so to me, defense the spirit of defense is about how hard are you willing to play and when it comes to how hard you're willing to play, it's it's your ability to put purpose over pain. Um, and obviously beyond that, you know, we want to be a, a, a structured and technically proficient group. And we've now um, for two years put, put time and effort into that. And, you know, I, I, as I've gotten better in my role, I've been able to assist more on that side. And that's something that's fun for me. Uh, but um, certainly, you know, we, we have to, you know, put concept to action this fall and, you know, we need to perform better. Our, our two um, SEC wins a year ago, I thought that side of the ball held up there into the bargain and made some big plays for us. They're capable and we have good players over there. I mean, you talk about the Ricky Wright and Jalen Mahoney and CJ Taylor, our defensive line that's that's come a long way, um, you know, and that's poised to really, I think, make a, a huge stride forward this this fall. Um, we, we have the people now it's about, you know, again, the paying attention to the things that matter and and anticipating and executing on Saturday. I'll be excited to watch those guys go at it. Clark, we have the Vanderbilt Commodores joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. They get their season started a little ahead of everybody else. 6.30 kickoff to, on Saturday at First Bank Stadium against Hawaii. Back-to-back -back home games. They're back over Labor Day weekend against Alabama A&M. That's a six o'clock kick. And Clark, I know that the stadium situation has drawn a lot of attention. Um, and I'm sure that you guys are trying to shut that noise out. But how how much of a distraction is that for y'all? 
all these kind of conversations, it just, you know, it, it comes down to the fact that it's time to play football. I think people just, people want to create stories um, and draw attention to things that really aren't that big of a deal. I mean, look, we're, we're, I'm looking out my window right now, we're under construction and, and there's progress being made and we're not going to complain about the fact that there's subtle inconveniences to that, but the playing surface looks great. There's 120 yards out there. There's two goalposts. There's, um, you know, going to be a scoreboard up and um, you're going to be able to sit, you know, inside the progress and get a feel and kind of paint the vision in your mind of where this thing's headed. It's going to be an incredible environment once when, when it's all done. But in the end, um, you know, any inconvenience that happens through the course of this construction is minor. We're, we're going to play a game. We're going to play a number of games there. It'll be a lot of fun. And I think each one will be a celebration um, as far as, you know, the future of our program, the future of the physical spaces of Vanderbilt football. And to me, you know, I'm all in on that. All in is Clark Lee, Vanderbilt football coach. And Clark, can't thank you enough for taking some time with us here this afternoon on Main Street Sports Today. Today. I'm, I'm happy to do it, and I appreciate being with you, Mo. We go back so long, man. I'm, I'm glad to uh, get a chance to hang out here with you on the air. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I hate that I didn't get to ask you about your backup catcher role with the Nashville Sounds, but we will um, get into that in another, in another visit. But um, thanks and good luck this weekend. Thanks, Mo. You take good care. We'll see you. All right. We'll talk. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Runner of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Long. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. Ryan McGee. <laughs> other guy in Wham married the best-looking girl Bananarama, so other guy in Wham had a pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. (laughs) 
Welcome back to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Live from the Lee Company Remote Studio here at Finley Stadium in Chattanooga as we continue our coverage of the Blue Crossbow with some of the talent for the television broadcast here over the weekend, um, otherwise known as the VOT, Mike Keith. And we were trying to come up with something for the the voice of the Blue Raiders, you know, Chip Walters comes on with Blue us Raiders. on Tuesday. But nothing, the Vorb, the, the, yeah, the Vorb the, doesn't the, really doesn't, doesn't really resonate. Does it, it doesn't. It it doesn't. But nothing. Chip, I mean, I mean, he's Chip Walters. He's Chip. Though. That's he, all he, you know. That's all he really needs. That's right? all he needs. <laughs> Mike Keith joining us. So glad to have him. You probably saw him a couple of segments ago as he kind of um, walked by and tapped us on the shoulder. Appreciate you looking out for us, man. Hey, what's going on out at, um, we just got done with Terry McCormick with his daily he could tell top me of the what's hour. going on with the Titans, because I'm obviously not there. You're not there, but um, relative to what you expected coming into this season, what have you seen this year? Well, to me, I came into the season cautiously optimistic. We understood that we were going to have to plug in some parts that we hoped would work because we didn't have a lot of money to spend. And we, we spent a first-round pick on an on a offensive lineman who's playing really well for us. We spent our second-round pick on a guy who I think is going to be our quarterback. But there were some other needs that we weren't able to hit. I mean, especially at left tackle, and, and we understood that. But there were some defensive spots that we were not able to – fill in free agency with like the, the big names out there, the sure things. So in these situations, you understand that if it doesn't work, you got to go young. And that is not the recipe for success in the NFL. You, not even in the AFC South. Well, you don't, <laughs> you don't see a team really in contention for the playoffs that's playing their six draft picks on offense. And at times, we have five of the six on the field at the same time. So, I mean, that's just not the best thing in the world. Now, what it does do is we're young. We're getting a lot of experience. I think we will get better down the stretch. Maybe we have a run in us. You know, maybe we could sneak back into playoff contention. We'll see. But I think we're going to have a very good idea what we have at the end of the year in terms of the, the players who will be returning. And then the other part of it is we have eight draft picks and over $80 million in cap room. So I think from an identifier standpoint, I mean, the, no. the end of time in the NFL is the next three years. Mm -hmm. uh, so, that, you know, that's kind of how it works. But we – but he's a piece we could plug in. We know he's going to be there. We certainly know Tajay Spears is going to help us for a while. We certainly know Josh Wiley's going to help us for a while. What if we found something in Jalen Duncan at left tackle? Oh. And, you know, I, again, I go back to Levis. I'm so excited about Levis. I, he's, he's much further along than I thought he would be at this moment in time. And, and I'll tell you, uh, I'm pretty much to the point where I have to eat some words because I was, I was not, I was not enthused with that pick, but well, there were a couple of things that went with that. Uh, I, I was on 
how would I say this best? I was sort of brought up to speed that he was going to be the pick if he were there. Mm -hmm. I thought realistically we could take him at 11. And I think had Skaronsky not been there, I think there's a good chance we would have taken him at 11. Would he not? Well, I mean. That's how much they liked him. But how much of a reach then was he at 11? Nobody would have thought it. I mean, he's being talked about as the number three or four pick. But what happened is we couldn't pass up Skaronsky. And then we started trading, trying to trade back into the first round to get him. And it just turned out teams didn't need a quarterback. Didn't need him. And so all of a sudden you're like, could this be real? Could we only have to give up a third-round pick to move up and get him? Because kind of, kind of tr- um, draft day. Well, the movie. The yeah. movie draft day. It, draft well, day-ish. It, draft day-ish. And the, the sense of it, too, Mo, is that they, they felt like he was a lot to work with. They felt like physically he was. They felt like mentally he was. You know, one of the biggest things they worked on from his time at Kentucky is he'd make a bad play at Kentucky, and then he could go in the tank. And so, some of that was he's very hard on himself. He, he's, a very, he's a really serious guy. He wants to do well. And what they've taught him so far, and I think he's handled well, and what you've seen from Vrabel with him after good moments and bad moments is it's all the same. We've got to be right here, just steady all the time, Mo. And he got six months of working with our coaches, working with Tannehill, being with the offense, and kind of learning that very thing. And I think that's where he's tried to keep it. And I think in working with the mental and performance coaches, which is a big factor, he's mentioned that, that's an area where they felt like he could go up from where he was at Kentucky. And I, I think we've seen some of that to start with. And his physical gifts are, man, he can. Clearly. Inarguable. He, oh, man, he can throw it. <laughs> well, the, the, our biggest concern was was his decision-making. And to this point, it's been really, really good. Well, here, here's the thing that's so important about that. Coach Mack, Dave McGinnis, who I work with, has a statement about the draft. And I've used this a few times. He says, you would much rather have to teach a prospect woe mm. than mm, sick of I'll and that. so we would, there are so many quarterbacks who come in the league who will not pull the trigger. Yeah, and, then, and then they get scared, and they really won't pull the trigger. And, you know, we we saw it with Mariota. Mariota had gotten to the point with us. And, and I think he, we said it with Tannehill. Well, in the last well Tannehill's, a, Tannehill's 35. Well, it's a little different, yeah. little different scenario, I think. But I get your point. The, <laughs> the bottom line is, we can teach Will Levis woe. Uh, you know, we can teach him that. He wants to gun the ball. He wants to use his arm. He's not scared. And if you're going to be a great quarterback in this league, you cannot be afraid. That's He's true. not afraid. Got to let it rip. He reminds me so much of Brett Favre. It's unreal. I mean, you know. He's just, got some of that in him. Um, he's a. Which he, ain't necessarily a compliment. Well, no? can be. Uh, can yeah. be. I, yeah. I mean, but there's a lot more. I mean, his score on the was it the P2 test? Yeah. With the, the S2 or the I can't remember. His score was off the charts. He's really, really smart, and he's really good at processing. So you know, the the, sen- the sense that we had was that he could do all of that, and I, I think you're going to continue to see growth for him. I'll tell you this. If we found our quarterback in the second round and he's going to cost us $5 million over the next two years, now in year four, he'll cost a lot more than that. But what can you do 
And Stop. if Jalen Duncan works. Well, then you're, I mean, you're in a, and, a whole and, other ball. Oh, then you're Spears. playing with house money. Yeah. And Spears. Because yeah. then you're in a situation where you're able to stockpile talent at other places. That's what New England did with Tom Brady. That's what Seattle did with Russell Wilson. And that's how you have a chance to win a championship. Mike Keith joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. And thanks to the Tennessee Highway Safety Office for having us here at the Blue Cross Bowl in Chattanooga, which Mike and your your sidekick, Josh Corey, will be the, the broadcast crew for the final game of the night as Macaulay and Baylor face off. And Mike Vrabel's doing sidelines. Everybody from the t- – that's actually not true. <laughs> that's not true. That would be untrue. You know, it's funny because – That you, would be something, though, That would be it? something. Yeah, during, during the Mr. Football stuff, and he asked you if the, the Blue Cross Bowl rotated, I'm sitting there thinking, well, you know – if the weather is not too good this year, <laughs> it might be a might have to start th- talking about it in Nashville yeah. in a couple of years. Yeah. That dome gets in, we'll be in good shape, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot you can do in the dome. A lot you can do in the dome, including especially in December. Right? Right? You do a lot of concerts, <laughs> do a lot of trade shows, do oh, a lot man. of various gatherings, and it's a lot you can do in, 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 in indoors. Absolutely, twenty twenty seven, long time. Now, this is your um, cameo appearance this weekend, right? See, now you're going to go at my cameo appearance. I have a day job. We have a game on Sunday. Are you aware of this, Mo? Are you aware of this? <laughs> do we play this week? We play this week. We absolutely do play. Listen, Colts week. But you know what? Uh, it's I mean, Colts week. It's Colts week. Okay, so you want the story or not? You want the real story of why I'm here on Thursday night? Because I'm getting all this business from my buddies who are saying, Oh, Mr. Diva guy, you demanded to do Baylor Macaulay. That's what you think, isn't it? No, not at all. No, I know you're better than that. That's what he thinks. You you know if I thought it, I'd tell you. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, you never have to guess. No, I told Matthew Gillespie back in August, he was kind enough to call me and say, would you like to do games this year? And I said, let me look at it. And so then I got Coach Vrabel's assistant, and we went through what our production schedule was going to be on Fridays. And it changes from year to year. And we looked at the schedule of what our games are, and I called Matthew back, and I said, the only game I can work is Thursday night because I have to get back. And so after they played the first time on September 29th, I called Matthew back. I said, is there a chance that Baylor could play McCall? And he said, yeah, there's a chance. And so then you get into the playoffs, and I'll admit, I was not rooting against anybody. But I was stalking the possibility (laughs) that this could happen because they think here tonight no less than 18,000. Oh, yeah. And maybe 16,000 tickets sold as of last night. So it's going to be fun. What a a night it's going to be. But I did not diva my way into it. But the bigger point that I'm wanting to get to in all seriousness, Mike, is this means this much to you. Because you do have a day job. And it's a pretty good one. It's fair. And yeah. at the same time, you try to figure out ways to be involved with this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll tell you, and I've told you this before, I think it's admirable. Well, thank you. I really do. And, and we appreciate it as, as viewers. You know, if, if we, like last year, we weren't able to be here. We had to watch it on television. And it makes, it gives a level of 
uh, of legitimacy. How many times do you think these kids are going to go back and watch a game that might keep the right. bot? Well, has called? Right. nice to say that. And, no, and we no, try real hard to, to make it as big time as we can, and it was nice to have 13 days to get ready for it <laughs> because there was a lot of history to go through. Uh, if I'd been doing it, when I do a D1 game, you know, I only have six days to get mm-hmm. ready. Uh, but this was really special to learn the history of Baylor and Macaulay, which I lived here for four years before we moved to Franklin. And um, I, according to my dad, my dad told me a story uh, five, ten years ago that I would, had we stayed here, I would have gone to one of these two schools. He, that was his plan. Were you going to board? <laughs> you know, like yeah, exactly. No, we lived here. So, <laughs> so? <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not saying which school because a, I don't want the perception that I think I would have gotten in because I might not have, and, and b, I don't want to cause any problems for myself tonight. But yeah, he told me that story, and so I started to sort of follow the history a little bit because I don't, I, I don't know that everybody understands who they are and what their overall history is, and how many great players have come through each program, how many famous people have gone to each school, Mm -hmm. and that it is the oldest rivalry in the state of Tennessee. And people may not also understand that Baylor's 34-31 win in that game that you referenced back in September snapped a seven-game win streak for McCauley. McCauley has had good success. Ralph Potter is 17-6 and against Baylor. And when he was at Baylor, he was 2-1 and against McCauley. Uh, so <laughs> he can take his and beat urine and take urine he's and beat his. A, and <laughs> he's had a a really really interesting look at this. So he his dad was the coach from seventy mm-hmm. three to ninety three, mm-hmm. and so he saw it as a little kid, and then he played in it, and then he coached at Baylor for five years as an assistant, and then three years as the head coach. So he was at Baylor for eight years, then he went back to Macaulay for ten. He went to Brentwood Academy for five, so then he could see it from afar as a coach. Mm-hmm. Coach against both of them, probably. And then he went back in 2012. So, wow. uh, I mean, it's a, it's an intriguing That's thing. There was a very controversial call in the first game that went against Baylor, which has everybody all sort of uh, stirred up about tonight, too. Doesn't take much to get them stirred up. Oh, they up, don't though. like each They don't agree. They don't even agree when they officially started play. Oh, goodness. McCauley says one thing and Baylor says another. And if, if you don't, I mean, it's... If you don't know when you started playing, what... Well, what? They, know, they know they played, but was it a real game or not? And McCauley says it, it was. On won. Well, McCauley, McCauley won. won. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so, McCauley so, so McCauley has two more wins in the series in their listing. <laughs> than Baylor, uh, Baylor, uh, Baylor has lost. Yeah. I think that's the greatest thing in the world. It is amazing. I, when it comes to football, good hate is a beautiful thing. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I love good hate. <laughs> we love Mike Keith. Thank you. Thank Mike, you appreciate you, man. Good always you. good, man. Thank you. Yep. Mike Keith here on Main Street Sports today. We're going to take a break. Come back to Chattanooga. Thanks to our friends at Tennessee Highway Safety Office here on the Main Street Sports Day Roadshow. Fueled by Fast Stop. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. 
Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.com. Okay, got a little new music coming in here. DJ JK. Yeah, yeah. JK pulling a, pulling a fast one on Shaking us. Shaking it up. Oh. Yeah, we like it. We like it here on Main Street Sports. They're presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We're live in the Lee Company studio. Chris Yao and Maurice Patton here in Columbia. Always a good time when we get a chance to get Coach's Corner coming your way and to hand out a little hardware. We're going to do all of that here in this segment. We're going to visit with newly named Lipscomb Academy Mustang football coach Jamie Graham joining us here on Coach's Corner. Coach, welcome in. Thanks for joining us, man. Thank you for having me. How's everything? Already, already got the gear. Now, is that new gear or is that old gear? Hey, listen, what you do is, is you never just throw away gear. That's number one, especially Nike gear. So you keep the gear and uh, – Hopefully, you just never know when it's going to come back around. This time it came back around. And this one I only wore like one or two times while I was here. So I was like, you know what? This feels brand new. I'll be okay. It feels good. There, there you there go. go. Well, um, that's that's kind of like they say about fashion, Coach Graham. It all comes back at some point. So It yeah. all comes back. Hey, congratulations, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, brother. Um, Former White's Creek two sports standout, Jamie Graham. That's where I first started hearing the name. And then I was fortunate enough to be around the Vanderbilt program at the same time that Jamie was in it, both as a football and a basketball player. Um, more impactful on the gridiron, but 
but certainly no slouch, no slouch on the hardwood either. So, um, but Jamie, did you know at that point that this was a path that you wanted to take or at what point did coaching become a realistic option for you? Well, I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't think if you're a high level athlete, I don't really know if you think about the coaching part right in the moment. Um, I went about this process just, I was like, man, I'm, I got an opportunity to go to Vanderbilt. I'm going to Vanderbilt. Um, I graduate from there and I go out to UCLA. And then they, that's when the kind of the injury started piling on. And, you know, the, the, the opportunities that you think that you have um, don't come to you. And so you have to look within yourself and then you finally realize it's like, hey, is this thing really over? <laughs> right. And so after a couple of knee surgeries, after a finger surgery and a shoulder surgery, and you try to do all these different things. Um, you finally get to a realization like, you know what? I just need to start coaching because I'm getting old. <laughs> my knees hurt. My body hurt. But also um, there's something about giving your knowledge back to someone else. And so when you're able to give that knowledge back to young men and um, especially when someone was able to give it to you, um, it, it's a really big deal. And so you have to have a different type of heart in my mind to uh, actually go through with that and be a part of it and, and understand that it's a long road. And so. As long as you understand the path that you want and, the, and, and where you want to go with this thing, um, coaching for me was a decision that it, it, it just made sense at that time. You know, Jamie, to hear you say I'm old and to read the article from a couple of days ago about 35 year old Jamie Graham taking the head coaching job at Lipscomb. Uh-huh. That hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that hurt me. Um, I apologize. I've been knowing you for a really long time. So we, we, we've yeah. been all together. There, there we go. That's how it looks at Beats the alternative. Um, yeah. So, Jamie, you had, you had been an assistant at Lipscomb with Trent Dilfer. Yep. Um, when he takes the job at Alabama Birmingham, you go down with him as a member of his staff. Um, what prompted you to go with him and what prompted you to look at coming back? Well, I think it, you know, you get an opportunity to go to college and you want to, you know, you want to explore, you want to see what it's like. You want to um, kind of see what the new challenge is. Right. And, I, and I'm not saying high school became boring to me, um, but I think at that point in time, I needed to see what it was going to be like on the college level. I had been out of college, out of the college game for so long. And you want to get back to that. And so it's like, OK, let me go up here. But I also had a plan the entire time. And the plan was to simply go up here, figure out the college game, figure out the recruiting part of it, figure out um, how to how to relate, make connections, fig, um, watch Trent from the background. Right. And so not being an offensive coordinator um, at UAB and just kind of working with receivers and kind of seeing what these other guys do. Um, it really made me a better coach. It showed me how I needed to, what I needed to work on, um, how to develop guys, understanding that the relationships within the building, because in the college game, you're recruiting your own guys more than you're trying to recruit someone else. So basically um, how much of the relationship portion of it is probably the, it's probably the number one key at that level. So um, it was beneficial for me because now it allowed me to come back. It allowed this opportunity to present itself and uh, what better, I mean, what better opportunity than to come back somewhere where I've already been and um, seen this place be successful 
Um, it, it, it has a lot of history. You're talking about five state titles coming out of Lipscomb. So it's not just what we did in the past two years. You're talking about years on top of years of uh, great things happening here. And so just to be a part of this and to come back and see a lot of the young men that I was here with at one point in time and to be a part of their lives, man, it, it, it's, it's probably what it was the most important move. But it was also beneficial because it, it allowed me to see that I missed these kids so much and it brought me back. You know, it's interesting that, you know, you now have an idea of what the collegiate game is like as a coach and and what the the atmosphere is like, what kids can expect. It's not just the game of football knowledge that you can now bestow upon them. You can tell them, hey, if you want to play at the next level, here's how it works now. You know, you could always tell them how it worked when you were there, but this is a different world. Yes. I mean, it really, it really is. It is. This is a it different is. Much world. Different. Much different. And so now you, you know, you kind of have a, a unique perspective for guys that do have the ability to play at the next level. Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest thing is, you know, you and sometimes in high school, man, it's this is smallest special teams. Guys don't want to play special teams, right? Now I can come back and I can tell my guys, hey, listen, you want to know what's going to get you on the field as a freshman. When you walk in, mm-hmm. spring ball, fall camp, whatever the case is, what's going to get you on the field? The thing that's going to get you on the field is playing special teams. And so um, I would just remember just watching highlight films of guys in high school and you see you see how great they are on offense. You see how great they are on defense. And then you just wonder, like, hey, is there one or two clips of them doing kickoff or being on punt, being on punt return? And so those little small details right there, man, um, I think it's going to go a long way with these with these young men here because um, you have some guys here that, I mean, let's just say they're, they're elite high school football players right now. Uh, but when they get to college, that's going to be a humbling experience. And so you may not be the biggest. You may not be the fastest. You may not be the strongest. Um, so what's going to separate you from everyone else? And I would hope that it would be something just as small as do I want to get on the field by playing special teams? And if you can do that, then guess what? You've just <laughs> you just paved the way for yourself. Now you've got yourself on the field. Now you can earn playing time at your at your respective position. Um, now you've seen yourself and now you can kind of gauge yourself and say, hey, you know what? I can actually play this game at this level. And it gives you some confidence going for the rest of the season, but also gives you confidence going into the next year. Newly named Lipscomb Academy football coach Jamie Graham joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Um, no stranger to special teams himself. Um, as, as a returner at Vanderbilt, um, certainly managed to make a mark there. But uh, Jamie, again, played your high school ball at White's Creek. What was the draw of Lipscomb Academy for you when you first got there? What is the draw of Lipscomb Academy for you now as a Metro Nashville Public Schools product? Um, I think the biggest thing is, is you, you know, as an athlete, as a competitor, you never lose. Well, at least for me, I never lost that competitive spirit. Right. And you always look for the next, the new challenge, the next challenge and what's next. And so I spent so much time. Um, coming out of out of White's Creek, you know, I, I love my alma, alma mater. So it's once a Cobra, always a Cobra, right? So I never lose that. But I also know um, it's time for me to challenge myself. So, you know, I went to Hillsborough. I worked at Hillsborough. I was a, 
assistant basketball coach over there for a really long time. I worked two or three years over there for the football team. And it just so happened, uh, you know, I ran into a guy that I know is named Devin Arnold, head football coach at, at Antioch High School. And he was he was over here before I was. And so he saw me one day and he was just like, dude, Trent Dilford just got the job, job over here. You know, you want to come over here and help out. And so I was just like, man, you know, I don't know. I don't want to leave my guys at Hillsboro and all those good things. And then I just had to go home and pray about it at that time. And so, you know, you get you start praying and you're just looking for the answer. And the answer was like, hey, man, you want this challenge? Go take the challenge. So. As that built, man, I was the right receiver coach for, for a year, for two years, and became the pass game coordinator. And I just kind of worked myself up and became uh, Coach Dilfer's right-hand man. And to, for him to take me down to UAB with him was such a blessing um, because he's been a very good mentor for me. But this was the thing that brought me back was it was time for a new challenge. And so it was time for me to kind of get away from Trent. And it was time for him to kind of let me, let me go and see me grow. Um, and so – you know, when the job came open, it was just like, is it really happening? I had to pray about it. I was like, is this really happening? Like, do I really have an opportunity to go back somewhere where the community uh, loves me? I love that community. I love the administration here. I love the young men. I love the families. Like, it, it's, it's something, it just felt right. And um, I, got the, I got the answer that I needed for my prayers. And um, it just felt like the perfect thing to do. So I'm excited to be back. The young men are excited. We got some juice over here right now. And uh, hopefully we can just carry this momentum and it just, it just flows throughout the entire school. Well, the last time Lipscomb Academy took the football field, you got to win over Macaulay. <laughs> and yep. the last time Macaulay took a football field, they yeah. won a state championship. Yep. So you feel like you're taking some momentum into, 20, uh, in, into 2024. And obviously there's, there's, there's some, some, some off the field things that are having, you know, having to be dealt with at Lipscomb Academy. How are you handling that right now in regards to just, you know, making sure the kids understand that, you know, let that take care of itself and, and let's just worry about playing football. Yes. At the end of the day, all we can do is control what we can control. Right. So we control our energy. We control our effort. We control our attitude, our focus and what, how we come down here every single day, um, how we handle athletics. I mean, academics, I'm sorry, how we handle academics. Are we the best students that we need to be? Um, our faith, are we still praying? Are we, are we staying true to ourselves? Are we not letting the outside world affect how we do things here? And at the end of the day, we can't control anything. Um, I think the administration here, they're doing a very, very good job of taking the steps to get past this situation. Um, it's not for me to really speak on too much because um, you know, we're still going through some things, right? So I just want to know, all I know is it's, it's my job to make sure these young men are ready for whatever comes their way. Um, we're not here We're not here to figure out what TWSAA wants to do. We just know our administration is doing everything in their power to make sure they do the, the right things. We want to make sure we continue to do the right things. And if this thing goes into the into our favor, we'll be ready. And so um, our job is to continue to lift, lift well, stay on the academics, continue to stay strong in our faith. And as long as we do those things, everything can take care of itself. We're just going to continue to pray. We're going to continue to work toward this, uh, continue to take the steps to work, work toward to get through this. And uh, whatever happens at that point, um, we'll, we'll be ready for it. But the Mustangs will be ready to play football in 2024. Jamie Graham, newly named head coach at Lipscomb Academy. Jamie, 
congratulations. Thank Looking you so much. forward to to seeing your your time on the football field as a coach with the headset and making decisions and, <laughs> and not suggestions. Not suggestions. Not suggestions. Anymore. No. So uh, we are looking forward to it, man. Thank you so much for taking time with us. We greatly appreciate it and look Thank forward you. to talking to you again soon. All right. Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.com. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton coming to you live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. Glad to have you guys with us as we are On our first day back from a Christmas vacation and enjoying it, it's, it's always fun to get a chance to just talk a little sports, and we're going to keep doing that with one of the topics we've been kind of uh, covering. I say kind of, we've been really kind of on this Pack 2 thing from August on, and uh, but now we're kind of getting to get into a side of it that's been little discussed I yeah. think, is you know the baseball aspect of it because oregon state in particular is a national power baseball wise and so um to help us navigate 
navigate. <laughs> That's a good word for it. To help us navigate what happens next for the Pac-2 is Baseball America's Teddy Cahill. Teddy, appreciate you taking some time with us this afternoon. Hello. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's December, but it's never too early to talk college baseball. Well, and uh, it's particularly never too early. I was writing something unrelated earlier this week about um, our local junior college, Columbia State, and their schedule, they, their season opener is February 3rd. So the junior colleges, they don't they don't waste any time. They don't. They really don't. So, um, so yeah, it, it's closer than you realize. But, um, you know, the, the issue for, for Oregon State and Washington State isn't necessarily something that's going to be an issue for this upcoming season, but it's certainly going to be an issue going forward. What happens with the, the Beavers and the Cougars once everybody else leaves town? Yeah, like you said, this spring, not an issue. We still have Pac-12 baseball. Uh, as we've known it for more than a decade now. Uh, but then on July 1st, every you know, the other 10 teams go into their own uh, new conferences, leaving Oregon State and Washington State alone. And while there is resolution for literally every other sport that those two schools sponsor, we still don't have a resolution on baseball uh, for the, the, the future. There are some options they're considering. Um, you know, they range from being independent to joining the WCC to potentially joining another conference. There's been some talk about the Big 12. They could look at another conference just for baseball alone. Uh, so there's a lot on the table there. The clock is ticking, though. They have about four weeks left to make this decision. Uh, they have to let the WCC know whether they're in or not. Uh, and I guess if they say no to the WCC, there still is time after that. But they at least have um, a, about four week, three or four weeks now to to let the WCC know whether they're in or out uh, for 2025. We talked a little bit about Teddy. Oregon State in particular had had been mentioned with independent behind them, and the only current Division One independent baseball program I could find is Hartford, which went and they're not even independent anymore because that was a they're on their way to Division Two. So I think this year they're actually a Division Two program. Not even like last year was kind of like half D one, but like not really. Uh, it, it's almost been it, it's been quite some time since there's been any serious program that tried independence. Dallas Baptist uh, joined a conference. A little more than a decade ago and they were the last significant program and they're not like not to disparage what dbu is at all but oregon state has three national titles you know in the last 20 years uh dallas baptist is is not that there, there hasn't been a school of oregon state's caliber being independent since miami uh joined the big east in all sports in 2004. that would be a heck of a challenge especially being on the west coast i would think wouldn't it yeah the the location definitely is a challenge here that there there's a challenge period to it uh but the fact that we're talking about corvallis and pullman washington 
uh, you know, these are two locations that are not in the middle of, of everything, you know, as it were. Uh, and so I do think that that it has to be considered that it's hard once conference play gets going, uh, particularly once it start once we get into April and May, you know, very early on, some conferences are kind of staggered into when conference play begins. But certainly once you're into April and May, uh, nobody is everyone's playing conference games and there are a lot of conferences that have buys. You know, I know the SEC doesn't, but. Pretty much every other conference, uh, you know, has a bye week in their conference schedule. And so it's really a matter of finding out who is on that bye and how can you get them to agree to play you. But then both Oregon State and Washington State have this added problem of, well, they have to try and convince teams to come all the way to them. And that's a lot of travel. It's a significant expense. And uh, Oregon State and Washington State have guarantee money to help those teams out, but it's still a lot of travel uh, to get to, to Corvallis or to Pullman. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for, and again, you know, you mentioned Miami, Dallas Baptist, those worked because, you know, there are enough schools nearby. And if you, have you ever seen the divide of of division one programs east of the mississippi versus west it is insane i've not seen it but i think i can imagine it it is absurd so that's going to be the biggest question now that being said how much of a how much does the wcc offer yeah so i mean really that's the question here it's you know not so much about like who can they schedule how can they schedule they can put a schedule together the question is, is that schedule a better platform? And like, let's just leave Washington State out of this for a minute because they haven't been to regionals since 2010. Um, mm-hmm. their, their ideals are different than Oregon State's ideals, but they have hitched themselves together. So like Washington State is just going to go along with whatever Oregon State decides for baseball, I believe. So Oregon State has to be looking at this like, what is the best way to us hosting and failing hosting, what is the best way to getting an at-large bid? Um, you know, if you play in the WCC, you have access to their automatic bid, and that is a significant thing because you can always fall back on trying to to win that in the conference tournament. Uh, the the alternate though is that no team from the WCC has hosted in more than a decade. Uh, they've had two hosts ever in the 21st century. Uh, and they've had two at-large teams in uh, in something like the last decade. Um, so you're you're looking at uh, like is that good enough? You put Oregon State and Washington State into the WCC, it becomes and you eliminate the Pac-12. It becomes a top 10 conference in RPI, but you. I don't think it becomes a top six or seven conference. And that's where the vast majority of the hosts of the at-large teams come from. And so that that really is the, the question here is that, do you Oregon State think that you can host out of the WCC? It can be done. Gonzaga was in the mix in both 2021 and 2022. It fell short. Nobody in the WCC has hosted since San Diego in 2007. So like you're trying to overcome a fair bit of, of history here. 
but you'd also be in a bit of a bind as an independent. So, I mean, it really comes down to like, as an independent, they would have to find somewhere between 21 and 24 games that are typically Pac-12 games on their schedule and, and put them on there themselves. Is that, can they do that better than the games the WCC would guarantee them? That That is the, the question that they're trying to answer right now. Teddy Cahill of Baseball America joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. And Terry, uh, Teddy, you you would be infinitely more familiar with the selection process and the bracketing process for the NCAA tournament than I am. But would they be Oregon State of the West Coast Conference or would they be Oregon State once you get down to who's hosting? And I mean, would their conference affiliation necessarily be a hindrance for them once they get to that point? So the committee likes to say that they don't look at conferences, that they don't look at teams that way, that they look at teams, they don't look at who they're representing. And you can believe them at their word or not. <laughs> the, the issue here, though, is like, even if you if you say, like, I don't believe you, like you're looking at conferences like that's fine. But Oregon State is not your typical WCC program, right? Like everyone is aware of what Oregon State is and has been as a baseball program. So like, I don't really think that that matters no matter how you view uh, whether you think the committee is or isn't looking at conference representation. The bigger issue is that the metrics you can't massage. They are what they are. And so if the WCC, which last year ranked 18th in conference RPI, which means it was bottom half, of division one baseball conferences uh that ultimately is going to eventually drag your own rpi down and you know that that is what is harder to overcome than are you the wcc or are you the pac-12 uh and, and that that again that's a problem no matter what they do right now basically uh, in terms of WCC or independence, that that is what they're what they're fighting against the the most. But I do think that to a certain extent, like I don't really buy the idea that con the the committee gets overwhelmed by brand power. But I do think that it's completely impossible to put that to one side. And I think what Oregon State has done by winning these three national titles in the last twenty years is build up uh, some amount of of margin for error and, and some amount of just like trust in the program uh, in the minds of everyone within college baseball on the selection committee and, and beyond. Do you feel like Teddy at this point that independent or West Coast Conference are ultimately the two options? You know, Oregon State still has hope that they can find a third door and they're hoping that that door would be the Big 12. Um, I don't know how realistic it is, because while I can see why Oregon State would want that, it's hard for me to understand what the Big 12 is really getting out of it. Uh, the Big 12 or any conference, like we, we can use the Big 12 as an example here, but like this is really true for just about any conference other than the WCC, which has gotten into an agreement with Oregon State and Washington State and is getting their basketball teams, which is super significant here, especially on the women's side. 
uh, but there are actual ways to monetize the basketball stuff. Over, if they sign a two-year agreement with any conference beyond the WCC for their baseball programs, that conference is getting a great program in Oregon State. And that program like may very well mean that your flag goes to Omaha and like the big 12 doesn't need Oregon state to take them to Omaha, but like they would get maybe another Omaha program out of it. Uh, but you also get a lot of added travel, a lot of added cost, and maybe Oregon state and Washington state can make it financially feasible. Like they threw in money to the mountain West when they uh, set up their scheduling arrangement with football, maybe they do that for baseball. But I just, for most of these conferences, you're adding, Oregon State and Washington State uh, without real means to recoup those costs or, or, or really capitalize on it for a short term agreement, probably. I, it just it's hard for me to see what other conferences would be getting out of them short of being able to say, like, hey, we just improved our baseball product. The problem is that improved baseball product isn't going to lead to better media rights deals or, you know, the in basketball, if your teams play well, you get more money from the NCAA. That doesn't exist in baseball. So you would get a better baseball product, but baseball is really not at the top of most of these conferences priority lists. So it would take an outside the box move to add them by another conference. And maybe there is a conference out there looking to do that, looking to, to, to get their, their baseball brand pushed up by, by virtue of doing this. But I, uh, I, I struggle a little bit with that one. Uh, but I do know that there is some hope, uh, at least on the, the school's end, that they can find a way to make that make sense for a, a conference. Okay, so what I heard a little bit ago was that the WCC members probably don't care that Oregon State's going to come in and wipe the floor with them. I mean, because that's what, that's what it feels like. So the, I think the WCC members are looking at it in a different way. Like they aren't looking at this like, oh, it's about baseball. You know, they're looking at it like, oh, we just added a good basketball program and maybe we can get NCAA units off of that and maybe we can keep Gonzaga happy because the basketball product is going to be improved. I, like the WCC actually does care about baseball. Uh, but no, I, I don't think that they would look at it like, oh, look, Oregon State just showed up and that means we're all playing for second place now. Like, and that's a problem for us. Like, I think they have enough other things going for them that, you know, they would they would welcome it. And also potentially look at it as like, well, if Oregon State's here, our RPI, like it, it's not going to help Oregon State's RPI, but it'll help our RPI if we play them. And so then, you know, maybe that helps push us uh, from bubble out to bubble in uh, yeah. if you're if you're that kind of program. Yeah, if you're if you're on the edge there and, you know, you, you go win two out of three in Corvallis or something and, you know, and then finish second in the conference tournament. Next thing you know, you're you know, you're, you're pushing the, the, the NCAA tournament as an at-large, and that would certainly be great for the West Coast Conference overall. So, I, yeah, I think it's a, it's a really just fascinating situation that we find ourselves Usually. in here. Yeah. And 
Oregon State and Washington State are, are trying to incentivize programs to schedule them by offering them cameras from the Pac-12 network. It's like, here, we got a camera you guys can have. I mean, like, I don't know, but it, it's fascinating. It really is. And what, I mean, obviously we have a 30 day, that 30 day window has already started and whatnot. When do you expect to know for sure? Is it, will it be on that 30th day? Um, you know, I don't know if they'll take it right to the end. I would guess. And here's the other thing I'll say, like, I, I have questions about how firm that that actually is that like if these sure. two schools come to the WCC and say like, hey, can we get two more weeks? Like, I don't know why the WCC would say like, actually, we need an answer right now. <laughs> uh, you know, if we're talking about baseball. We're talking about like something that's happening a year from now. Like I so I'll be I'll be curious about that. I do think, though, that the reason why that window is there clearly is because Oregon State and Washington State are trying to explore some things. Um, They signed that arrangement on Friday, which was like the 22nd, I guess. Like, it's hard to imagine that anything has moved in the first, like, five days of that agreement. So uh, I, I would expect it at the end of the 30 days, whether it comes on the 30th day or not. But I, I... I am not anticipating any news coming out in the first week of the new year. Gotcha. All right. Well, Teddy Cahill of Baseball America joining us here on Main Street Sports today. Teddy, thanks so much for taking time with us. We appreciate it. Uh, Navigating this has been fun and weird and a lot of different things throughout the last six months, and it's not going to get any easier. And any less weird. Or any less weird uh, over the next two years as – Oregon State and Washington State obviously try to do whatever they're going to do, whether it's rebuild the pack, join the Mountain West, or whatever. So I'm sure we will talk to you again soon about this topic and hopefully others. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, guys. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, R.A. Dickey. R.A., did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. <laughs> other guy Wham married the best-looking girl Bananarama, so other guy Wham had a pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. August, August, mid-August, late August, and hit a house in Massachusetts, damaging the roof of the home. Jeff Ilg and his wife, Amelia Rainville, suspect the ice fell off an airplane. Okay. Now, neither the two, neither of the two or their children were hurt with the ice chunk, but he estimated them to be 15 to 20 pounds. We heard an explosion, basically. The loudest pop, bang I've ever heard. Seemed like a 
at no hyperbole, I guess. I don't know. Huh? Initially, I thought the house was struck by well, lightning. Depending on how far the ice fell from it. 1520. No, seriously, this is why yeah. it's a new fear. Clear day. No hell in sight. Mind your own business. Mind in your own business and boom. 15, 20 pounds of ice. Just falling from 30,000 feet, potentially. I mean, I did not take physics because it scared me. Just, but I can't imagine the, the mass and the acceleration of 20 pounds falling from 30,000 feet. That's, you would have been, you would have excelled at physics. Well, and let me tell you, well, I did not get the super high high school degree, so I didn't. I wasn't forced to take physics. Mm -hmm. But I asked the the counselor. I said, "Can I take physics over anatomy because I don't care about anatomy and I didn't like the teacher to be honest?" And she said, "Well, it's your GPA." <laughs> I made a 97. <laughs> I was. She had much confidence, huh? Well, I had I had aced algebra two. I aced algebra two trig, <laughs> and so I thought physics can't be much harder than that, and it's just math. Yeah. You would have excelled at physics. So I'm saying. <laughs> but yes, it's your GPA. <laughs> what she said. I, and I got a 98 in the class. So you didn't you didn't like her very much after that well, either, did you? I, I was like, yeah, now what? Mm, yeah, <laughs> I, right. Literally, like, the, the anatomy teacher was also the biology teacher. And there was a lot of coloring involved. And I mm -hmm. had zero interest in using color pencils as a senior in high school. <laughs> so there's yeah. that. But, you know, again, 15 to 20 pounds from 30,000 feet. It's a lot. Yeah. It's fast Oof. and it's hard. So yeah, that's a that's a valid fear. Absolutely, yeah. a valid fear. Don't and that's why again, new fear unlocked. Mm -hmm. uh, more than two hundred people ran down a Washington State racetrack at the Emerald Downs in Auburn, Washington, not too long ago. But it wasn't any race, Mo. No, it was the 2023 T-Rex World Championships. <laughs> they all were wearing those blow-up T-Rex costumes. <laughs> An event that started in 2017 as a pest control company's team-building activity ended in a photo finish Sunday with three competitors hitting the finish line together. It was a tie. It's tough to look athletic. <laughs> in one of those outfits. <laughs> if you have any athleticism at all, it's going to be lost in the T-Rex inflatable. One would think, yes. Yeah. No question. Hey, did you happen to see uh, the Chattanooga NBC affiliate WRCB going viral this week? as anchor Cornelia Nicholson thought she was recording promos and it turned out that her boyfriend was actually proposing. No. And coming up right now, we have the story of two young journalists who just so happened to find love in the same industry she read before breaking into a huge cautious grin. Local 3's yeah. Riley Nagel joins us in studio for a special report.
and <laughs> he goes into it, man. I mean, just absolutely phenomenal <laughs> job. I, listen, as far as proposals go, that's pretty good. Especially, I mean, I mean you're she thinks she's recording promos. Next thing you know, it's no, she's getting proposed to on the air. And thank goodness she said yes. So of that's that's what I was going to ask. It was, it was Did she yes. But but yes, she did say yes, and uh, uh, you know that's uh, it was pretty cool. Mm. It was pretty cool. So she told the New York Post she knew a proposal was coming, but had no idea it would be in the TV studio. He was a nervous wreck. His hands were shaking. I've never seen him that nervous ever. She posted pictures, uh, post proposal on Facebook, and then another post on Instagram, of course, and. She said, watching it back, it's so cute, but wow, I can't believe you really did that. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so, well done, dude. Well done. <clears throat> and a story I mentioned to you earlier. As we were talking with Lou at the state, um, I got a chance to <laughs> look through some of their other stuff, mm -hmm. I guess, and came across a story that just didn't make any sense to me. I'm just going to be honest with you. This, this was, it was silly and crazy, and yet here we are. <laughs> All right. An inmate at Lexington County's detention center was bitten by a snake, which, okay, bit by a snake. No, no, not just any snake. The snake was being kept as an unauthorized pet. Can you have unauthorized. unauthorized pets? The snake was being kept as an unauthorized pet. Did the snake bite the person that was unauthorized to keep it or did the snake bite somebody else? Well, that's a good question because at that point, is it a weapon? <laughs> <laughs> it's now contraband. There we go. Uh, it, the female inmate had been bitten by the common rat snake sometime last week, which was first reported by WLTX. Officials in the sheriff's department, which oversee the jail, confirmed the non-venomous snake was being kept as a pet of sorts inside the, the female pod. She suffered a minor injury and was treated on site by the medical staff. <laughs> the owner of the snakes are unknown. Myrick described the victim as one of the most enthusiastic handlers. So, yes, it's, it appears to be that it was her snake. Uh, I, I just, oh, man. That's <laughs> an unauthorized pet implies that there could be authorized pets. And so now I'm just curious, you know, if you can get a cat into the Lexington County Detention Center in South Carolina. Uh, I have so many questions. So, <laughs> well, I don't have any answers. Yeah, yeah. No. I'm just here to tell you, I, I don't have any answers. So, Oh, man, that's going to do it for this Wild and Wacky Wednesday. And thank God. We 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 are yeah we, we pretty much need this day or certainly this show to be over with. But we do want to mention before we get out of here, um, former Tennessee Titans receiver Corey Davis, who has been with the Jets for what the last three years mm -hmm. of of his six year career, announced his retirement on Whoa. Instagram earlier today. Yeah. Wow. So I think he was expected to be cut, and some folks had even mentioned him as a potential yeah. Titan. Won't be a Titan. 
Taking it to the house. Taking it to the house. For some time now, I've been contemplating stepping away from the sport of football. Have more blessings than I could ever imagine. Truly grateful for all the opportunities I've had and will continue to have. Thank you to my family and friends and the Jets organization for supporting me through this process. So, Corey Davis, former number one selection in 2013. Yeah. Taking it to the house. Fifth overall. I'm sorry, in 2017. Yeah. Well, congrats to him on a solid career. Solid if short. Certainly could have used him, but take it to the house if you want to. And we'll... We won't hold that against you. Mm -hmm. So come back tomorrow. It's going to be prep Thursday. We've got picks, we've got coaches, corner, and we've got a ton more. So we look forward to seeing you guys there on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Y'all have a good one.